the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Mortgage Matters with Misha, your source for real estate market updates and strategies and answers to your real estate lending questions. Now, to provide you with insight and help you navigate the constantly changing world of real estate lending, here's your host, financial services expert, Misha Dimitruk. Good afternoon, Bay Area. Misha Dimitruk, NMLS 694427. Branch Manager and Senior Originator with Essex Mortgage out of the sunny Santa Cruz office. Here with you once again to talk about all of the things pertinent to your real estate financing needs. Now, this show is dedicated to helping you, our listeners, understand your flexibility, your options, and all of the magical opportunities that are available within the financing realm that will help you get to a place of success on the transaction that you are looking to achieve. It's really a matter of knowing what your options are so that you can be certain that you are taking all of the options available to you and your circumstances into consideration. Now, If you don't know all of the options out there in the market, if you've only been shown a singular path, you might not be certain that you are taking the best one. You might be thinking you're following the only opportunity, the only path that's shown to you. And so this show is here to present you with numerous opportunities and understanding that there are more than one way for you to achieve your goals and that you need to ask questions and you deserve to be informed. So for those of you who have never listened to this show before, um, at the end of the show, we do a weekly challenge. Last week's weekly challenge was really about the shift that we are seeing here within the market. We are seeing, as interest rates have risen, we are seeing a little bit of a cooling in the selling price. Now, that's not to say that prices have dropped dramatically. and It is just to say that the prices are maybe a little bit less elevated than what it is that they have been before. Meaning sellers are getting typically in this market still above list price. In fact, there was a newspaper article I read, funny enough, out of Denver that said that 82% of San Francisco Bay Area listings are still selling for above the initial asking price in the month of April. Now, that's still a strong number, but that's not 100%. And that number is coming down some. Now, why would that be? Interest rates are higher. Buyers are a little bit more hesitant to stretch as high because their payment is already higher because their interest rate is higher. So in last week's challenge, it was really about understanding the shift, knowing what this is doing for you as a buyer, for you as a seller, how to create opportunity and where to go from here. And really the conversations that I had with both sellers and buyers circled around the same few pieces of information. Understand the market where you are. Speak with your real estate professionals. Talk with your realtors. Have them provide you with comparables so that you understand what's happening in the micro market that you're in. Understanding what the comparables are, 
watching the trends and having your real estate professional give you the guidance. Sellers, effective list price. Oftentimes, realtors who are working with a client who say they really want to capture the top of the market, all sellers want to capture the top of the market. They want the best price for it, just like all buyers want the the best deal. Um, So in trying to make sure that sellers are still getting that price, they need to price effectively so that they garner the attention that they need in order to receive offers and close quickly. The worst thing that can happen, and the sellers that I spoke with were all targeting a price before they had spoken to their real estate professionals. When my initial question was, what do the comps say for your market? And how do those comps really compare with your property? Um, you know, all of them said, well, I don't know. And I said, well, where did you get this price from? And they said, well, it's what I want. <laughs> um, now, I appreciate that wholeheartedly. Um, but buyers are having to do a lot of work to really understand where a market is so that they can make sure that this offer they put out against the unknown of all the other offers that are being submitted is really competitive, speaks strongly for their desire to capture that property and would garner the attention of the seller. So for the sellers out there, understanding what the market is bearing right now in reality is going to help you list effectively and sell quickly. And those are things you really want to have happen. For those buyers who are asking, you know, how come they just get to pick a price? They they do, because if someone wants to pay that price, that's fine, they can. Um, But for the sellers out there who need to understand that the people buying their properties are going to likely finance it, if you have an all cash buyer and there's no appraisal needed, then by all means, list it whatever you want. And if you get that offer, fantastic. But if your buyer needs financing, and even if they have no appraisal contingency, if the appraisal comes in lower because the market is turning, they have a delta that they have to bridge. They have to have enough cash to come up with the difference. If the property doesn't appraise, you don't get a loan based on what your purchase price is. The loan is based on the lower of the appraisal or the purchase price. So in the instance that the appraisal does not meet the purchase price, the buyer has to make up the difference in cash. And then they still have the same percentage of down that's required based on that lower amount of financing. So it's really important that sellers and buyers understand each other's plight and appreciate where they're at to a certain degree. For sellers, wondering how they entice buyers, you know, to get out there, make their best offer, get that higher price that they really want. My suggestion has always been offer a seller credit. Offer a seller credit that allows a buyer to buy down the interest rate to make it more affordable for them, and they will be able to stretch to a higher budget. They can use your seller credit to buy down their interest rate. They don't have to pay cash for that credit that they're buying using to buy down. They take your credit and apply that in the end of the transaction at the closing table and are using your credit instead of their dollars to lessen their interest rate. They're still getting all of the amazing benefits of buying down the tax position that comes with that, the long-term savings that comes with that, only with the generosity of you. So for sellers out there looking to figure out how they can bring in those higher offers and ensure a quick closing, sweeten the deal for your potential buyers. And you will see the benefit in that and how that helps your buyers step up to that next level. For buyers, 
if you are in the position where you're really hoping to get your offer accepted, likewise, still consider buying down an interest rate. It's going, whether it's through a credit or through your own funds or through a gift from someone else, the opportunity for you to buy down an interest rate and have at your fingertips the lowest fixed rate financing for the long told. If those of you who are buying primary residence and you plan to be there for any period of time, if you're buying down, make sure that your recoup period matches with how long you intend to be there or exceeds it. If you know this is a two-year hold for you, don't take a loan buy down that's going to recoup for you in five years. That doesn't make necessarily financial good sense for you. Now, that is sort of a jaded story because, of course, with the opportunity for you to buy down comes two abilities to use that money. When you initially buy down, that's prepaid mortgage interest, the same type of benefit that you get for your monthly mortgage payment. In that benefit, you recoup that cost in your taxes in the next filing year. So you actually recoup that initially. And then you also garner that monthly savings over time. That's the recoupment period that I'm talking about. The paying yourself back in cash savings for the initial expenditure that you get to claim in, in tax betterment position. So you're already getting it in your taxes for next year if you're able to itemize. If you're in the position where you now have monthly savings that you're accumulating, but you don't intend to be here for very long, let's walk through the numbers to make sure that that makes good financial sense for you. For a lot of people, it does. And for the majority of people, whether they want to hold this for a short period of time and maybe move somewhere else, or whether they plan to move somewhere else and keep this property, it gives you an opportunity to have strong long-term fixed rate financing because the rental market is not going away. And the ability to maintain this property and keep it as a rental is still at your fingertips. So we want you to have that type of flexibility. And it's definitely something that is going to benefit you in the long run. Now, when you're talking with your realtor about putting in that offer price, because the market is moving so quickly, because there are less buyers submitting for offers that we're hearing and the real estate professionals that I'm talking with are telling me time and time again, there are still buyers. They are still aggressive. They are still seeking out properties. There are just a few less of them. And I think we're going to see that a little bit more. But what we see historically is that when there is a little bit of a dip in the market, there is an immediate bounce back. Why? Because buyers are appreciating that the properties are going to become, and when they see that rate coming up too, buyers are appreciating that they need to capture now. They need to swing for the fence. So the prices may come up a little bit because there's going, going to be more competition in order to capture that property. And so that's the point in the market that I want everyone to pay attention to. We talked about rate changing back in March when we saw sort of the end of the 3% rates, anything in the 3% range. Now we're at the 60 day mark for a lot of those rates and most of those transactions are coming to close or are closing in the very near future. Those higher interest rates that people have been achieving in the last several weeks are taking hold in the market right now and we are seeing the impact across the board. If you are monitoring the markets, you are noticing price reductions time and time again. Right now we're seeing smaller price reductions, but we're also seeing properties coming to market that don't have as high of a list price marginally. It's really small at this moment. You're not seeing huge reductions. And I don't think there's any opportunity for us to have you know, a, a crash a la 
2007, 2008, 2009. But there is the opportunity for a leveling, or as some would say, a course correction, in that the benefit now is both buyer and seller. Sellers who want to sell to get their properties moved while prices are phenomenal have the ability to do it still and garner a high price. Buyers still have the opportunity to capture a property with historic low rates. We're still in low rates, folks. I know it doesn't seem like it for those of you who maybe are younger and don't have the depth of history on real estate finances. We are still in a great low rate position and fixed rate financing still reigns supreme. There's still the ability to capture. So for those of you, the perfect market is here. Sellers are no longer asking for the sun, moon, and stars necessarily. Buyers still have a lot of opportunity, but we need to meet in the middle somewhere. And that's what we are seeing is this is the opportunity for a lot of people to come to the stage, shake hands, make the deal, close the deal effectively. So understand your market, get your comparables dialed in, know how to get the attention of the buyer and or the seller in order to get your offer accepted or to get that property priced and approved, closed successfully. Everyone walks away happy. The seller takes their cash, the buyer takes the keys, and it is a happiness that everyone achieves. If you need help with your strategy, if you understand where you want to be but not quite sure how to get there and you need a little bit more guidance or if you need the help of a professional, give me a call, 831-435-0385. We'll be right back. This is Mortgage Matters with Misha with financial services expert, Misha Dimitruk. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So as the previous message was just speaking to inflation and how to stabilize your payments, everyone's taking a look at their budget and wanting to understand how I'm going to get through this next phase, as we all do in the economy and come out on top. How are we going to trim our budgets? How are we going to save appropriately with the cost of everything seemingly on the rise? Well, the answer is start with your big expenditures. And for most people, that biggest expenditure is in their housing payment. Now, there are plenty, still plenty of opportunities to make a purchase here in the greater Bay Area and in California as a whole. But for those of you who have decided that the time to buy a primary residence has just passed, Maybe you didn't find the property that you liked. You didn't find anything that spoke to you, but you still have that down payment of intended funds that you want to invest in the real estate market. Well, the opportunity is still here for you to make a purchase within the state or to likewise purchase outside the state. Many, many buyers are taking advantage of the ability to capture real estate in other markets because there are estimates that are out there that up to 45% of people who qualify or who apply for a loan do not qualify in order to purchase. That means there's always going to be a huge portion of the population that will still need to rent. And therefore, an investment property is going to be a good idea for a lot of people. Where you make that purchase is entirely up to you. But how you make that purchase is more flexible than it has ever been before. So there are a, a wider variety, variety excuse me, of opportunities out there for investors as far as flexible financing loans. There are debt service loans, which take just the individual, individual transaction into consideration. It is appraisal, credit score, and asset-driven, meaning the, the asset is the down payment and six months reserves and all of the intended closing costs, obviously. 
So you're verifying the funds for that particular transaction and reserves for that particular transaction. Six months reserves being principal interest tax and insurance, any applicable HOAs for six months at least. Credit score driven, some of these debt service loans have a credit score requirement that goes as low as 600. Some of the down payments are as low as 20%. Typical investment property financing requires 25%. The appraisal is completed showing that the value is supporting the purchase price and there's a market rent analysis that is done by the appraiser that determines what the market rent would be. If the market rent covers the intended principal interest tax and insurance and any applicable HOAs, then that's all the qualification that is needed. There's no debt to income, no looking at your income that you bring home, no calculating how much money of yours goes out, no car payment inclusion, no credit card payment to think about, no student loans to take into consideration, no looking at multiple properties. For those of you out there in the market who have multiple parcels, multiple properties within your portfolio and a depth of financial obligation, these are a great way for you to simplify the process and target a loan that looks at just the cash flow opportunity on this one property. Those loans are available for investors. There are likewise profit and loss only loans. There are bank statement loans that are available for self-employed and the employee. And there are also just for outright no income documentation loans available. Now there are the no in documentation income loans no income documentation loans available for owner-occupied properties as well. But in this set of circumstance, we're just speaking to the investors right now. The markets that you purchase in, whether it's somewhere you like to visit, where it's somewhere you visited before, whether it's somewhere where there's a, a good draw for tenants, college towns, um, towns that have industry that's booming, there's still tremendous opportunity for you to get into a property in a neighborhood that you would enjoy owning in garner market appreciation, get that flux of income into your cash basis, cover the expenses on the property, and have that investment and enjoy the market appreciation of real estate, even if it's not a primary residence here in the Bay Area. If this is something that you have considered, you definitely need to take a look at this now. There's great opportunities out there. There's still a lot of markets. There was an article that came out that was talking about which markets are the higher end markets already, which are above typical market value, and which markets are below typical market value. There are still markets that are not in those peak spaces and a great amount of opportunity still lies within their borders. 831-435-0385 is my phone. M-E-S-H-A at EssexMortgage.com is my email. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I'm here to help you understand how to achieve your real estate financing goals. And we are going to take a break and be back in just a few minutes. It's Mortgage Matters with Misha. Once again, here's Misha Dimitruk. All right. A topic that is near and dear to my heart because... I truly believe that people deserve to have the professional guidance and support that they need in order to capture properties in this type of a market. Formal, fully underwritten pre-approval. Ladies and gentlemen, you must get this. For those of you out there who have ever experienced dealing with a transaction where you thought you had a pre-approval, you were told you had a pre-approval, someone wrote you a pre-approval letter, 
And yet, once you got into contract and you had your application submitted for underwriting, which you thought was likely the second time around, someone came back with a question. Someone came back and said, this isn't what we thought it was when we looked at it before. And now you no longer qualify for that scenario that you went into this contract to purchase property with. And your world feels like it implodes. I deal with this daily. I promise you it is a real thing. The questions you must ask of your lending professionals when they take in your application and they write you that letter. When you read the letter, please do read the letter yourselves. And it says fully underwritten formal pre-approval. Ask the question. An underwriter actually looked at all of my income and verified my employment and verified that they accept my income. Some of the things that really tip the scale and after a transaction has begun cause a problem are things like overtime, bonus, commissions, uh, you know, RSUs, things that are outside of base pay that are received and generally applied in the markets that we live in as far as compensation for employees. These are really important for them to be looked at in advance because if you don't have a solid history of earning them, if you have not received them consistently, if you don't have an average that supports the income you need in order to capture that property or that loan effectively, you're going to have two options, lower the loan amount or find different financing. There's nothing more stressful than when you've gotten, finally gotten that property under contract, you think you've gotten yourself there. And then someone comes and says, oh gosh, we didn't look at this like we said we did. And now we have a problem. It's absolutely shattering. So please take the time to go through the steps for getting formally, fully underwritten pre-approval. Make sure that you understand that your lender is not just taking in your information and writing you a fluffy letter, that they look at your information and ask questions. There's no, in, there's no issue with my overtime. There's no issue with my bonus income. Those are really important for you to understand because if you don't have the rapport with your agent to know that they have taken that extra step, you need to ensure that they actually do it. And lots of times, and we're seeing this still, and again, people are not looking at the things that really are the deal wreckers. And when I say deal wreckers, I mean those overtimes, those commissions, even something as large deposits into a bank account. All of these things need to be able to be evidenced documented, sourced, and averaged in order for you to use the income and or the asset. So please make sure that you have your formal, fully underwritten pre-approval reviewed and you understand your own buying power. If you haven't received that or if you input your information to an online system and you were able to generate your own letter, please understand that if you did not take a 24-month average of your bonus, your commission, or your overtime earnings, that you may have a problem with your qualifying income when it gets to underwriting. There are specific guidelines about how that income is eligible. It doesn't change that you were paid the income, but it's eligible for qualification under certain circumstances. I'm here to help you set yourselves up for success. So please, if you need formal pre-approval, if you want it fully underwritten, and you wanna understand what you really qualify for, not just in order to get your property accepted, but actually close on that property and move your life in and begin that new era in that new property. Reach out to me. 
let me know how I can help you achieve this formal pre-approval so you can go out shopping in confidence. I reach out to all the listing agents or all of my buyers and let them know this is not just a fluffy letter. This has been formally reviewed and we have formal pre-approval from underwriting. And that helps us close faster, smoother, and without issues. It's worth the time and energy and effort. We will take a break and be back in just a few minutes. This is Mortgage Matters with Misha. This is Mortgage Matters with Misha with financial services expert, Misha Dimitruk. All right, ladies and gentlemen, credit. Your credit is important and you deserve to understand how your credit is going to support you in the goals that you have to achieve. Do you know how your credit score operates? Do you know what it is that contributes to your credit score? Daily, I talk with people who tell me that they know what their credit score is based on an institution who is not one of the bureaus. They've come up with their own scoring method. And when I pull their credit, these people are shocked that this doesn't align with the credit score that they were told based on this one institution. And I always relate back to them. This is because they are not one of the bureaus. The credit bureaus are Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion. These three institutions produce your credit scores and they do not share how they calculate your credit score with anyone. They don't give, they give the criteria under which they're looking at it, but they don't give the calculation of the value that they place on each of the criteria that they are judging your credit on. Obviously, a credit score is your numeric depiction of understanding borrow, repay. Now, when you take out a new account, you have only demonstrated borrow. For the first six months that you have this account, you can expect your credit score might even come down initially because you've only demonstrated borrow. After the sixth on-time payment is made, effectively seven months after you open any new account, you will see improvement in your credit score. Why? Because that six months of on-time payments is the benchmark that now shows you understand borrow and repay. Types of credit that you have also play into the credit score and your credit worthiness in the eyes of the bureaus. Do you have only installment debt, only student loan debt? Do you have credit cards? Do you have mortgages? Do you have revolving debt of all sorts? Home equity lines of credit, credit cards, um, all these types of things where you can borrow, pay back, and borrow again. Those are showing that you have good credit utilization and understanding because you spend and pay back, spend and pay back. But how you manage those balances is huge as far as determining your credit score. These are not things that are in any pamphlet provided by any of the credit cards that anyone has ever shown me. And I am one of those read the fine print ladies. So understanding that if you have a credit card with an available balance of $5,000, your credit score will suffer if your balance ever exceeds the $2,500 mark. Now for consumers like us, that doesn't make any sense. We would all rather have one card where all of our stuff is and we just make sure we make that one payment every month and everything is fine. But the credit world provides you with a better set of score if you show debt management. Now, debt management means you have more accounts with smaller balances and you manage more effectively. The thinking here is by providing more management, 
of your credit, more accounts with smaller balances on them, and more debt available on each card, meaning you have the ability to spend more on it, but you don't, you are demonstrating to the credit world that you know how to play in their game. And in order to win the credit game, you have to get as high a points score as possible. And that is going to turn around and result in your creating opportunity for you and for your future. There are plenty of people who come to me on a very routine basis with cash opportunities, incomes, and lifestyles that do not require that they utilize debt. And their lack of using debt is actually detrimental to them because they find out when they are in a transaction or they go to apply for a transaction that the fact they haven't been using debt effectively or for some people at all has actually caused them problems. Their credit scores don't support what it is that they need to achieve. In jumbo lending specifically, it's not just a matter of having a credit score. It's a matter of having open and active trade lines with history in the last 24 months. Now, for some people, particularly through pandemic, if they weren't traveling, if they weren't uh, putting out big expenditures, they wouldn't, weren't adding to the balances on their credit cards. A lot of people tightened their belts and kept their spending low. And in doing so, they didn't realize that that was going to jeopardize their credit position down the road. And once you find that out, you have a road to recovery before you are actually able to get where you need to go, particularly if you have to achieve that credit history with activity. So the best scores are achieved with three, at least three open and active trade lines. Now, open and active means that they report at least once a month that they have some sort of activity, meaning you've charged at least once. There are a variety of credits. So you have an installment loan, such as uh, an auto loan or something that you make a finite payment every single month and you pay down towards the balance. When the balance is paid, the loan is closed. A revolving account where you can borrow and pay back and borrow and pay back. And then by adding a mortgage to your credit profile, you will see a sizable improvement because it is understood as a bigger responsibility than just a, a small installment loan. For those of you looking to how to establish or to improve your credit, maybe you don't necessarily want to utilize debt, but you know you need to do it for your credit and betterment. What I tell you is this, exercise your credit muscle. It is a muscle, you need to use it or you will lose the strength in it. And you can do this very simply, it's one additional step. Choose a card that gives you rewards you will actually use. Please don't choose airline miles if you are afraid to fly. There are cards that give you gas rewards if you have a car. If you don't have a car, please don't take the rewards cards that give you gas rewards. Groceries, they give you grocery rewards. They give you cash back on any of your spendings. Look at the annual service fee associated with that card. If the benefit of the card does not bring you at least something commiserate with what it is you're spending in order to have that card on an annual basis, you might wanna look for a different card. Using a card to once a month, put your groceries on it before you put on your seatbelt and drive away while you're still in the parking lot. Get into your mobile banking and send a payment for the amount that you just charged to your card. You will not incur any interest. It is one additional step, yes, but you have now exercised your credit. Put one tank of gas on that card. One tank of gas a month exercises your credit. It's a great opportunity for you to take the things that you are spending cash on right now and use them to benefit you. 
add your cell phone bill, put your auto insurance, the things that you are spending cash on can be the credit worthiness that you achieve in the market by simply shifting how you pay what you pay for already. It's not about going into debt. It's not about retail therapy. It's really about learning how to support your goals. If you need more help with this or if you have other questions, give me a call. We'll be back with this week's challenge in just a moment. It's Mortgage Matters with Misha. Once again, here's Misha Dimitruk. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this week's challenge With the trend in market value that we have seen across the state, across the country even, starting to cool, the trend is cooling. And now there's no cause for panic here. We still have had received a tremendous market appreciation this year alone. But before the market takes a turn, before you see and recognize lower prices within your neighborhoods, do you have all of your financing in place? specifically for our senior population. Is it time to take a look? And the answer is yes. Looking at what your finances will be going forward, even if you've just recently completed a refinance, with inflation, with the cost of living, with thinking about your future enjoyment and the opportunity for your favorable retirement. For some people, the opportunity to retire is still a few years out mostly in part to wanting to save more money. But if you were to alleviate that housing payment, if you could minimize it by several thousand dollars a month, would you be in a position to retire now and begin enjoying your life? And for a lot of seniors that I talk with, this is a realization that they're coming to, that the time for them to look at smart structuring is now. The ability to retire now is on the table and to not have to prolong that for a few years further. For some people, they have taken that hard line that they needed to work until they were X number of years old. I had a client that I spoke with two weeks ago, Earl in Union City. Thank you for your call. Earl wanted me to know that he's listened to this show and he's heard me repeatedly say, look at this now before you go to retire. Check out your finances while your income is in play, because if you need that income in order to put yourself in the best financial picture, that's the time to learn about it, not once you've retired and you've changed your set of circumstances. And Earl went on to explain to me, he had been having conversation with his friends in his generation who were all looking at the exact same thing. Is now the time to retire? Should they work a few more years? in order to make sure that they have enough money, that they gain a little bit more, that they save a little bit more. And what would that be like for them? The stress of working, the wear and tear on their vehicles, on their life. And do they have the ability right now if they shift how they are looking at life and that includes their finances? So if you are in the position where you're looking to retire in the next three to five years, please consider looking at that reverse mortgage now and allowing yourself the opportunity to begin enjoying your life and minimize that work. It doesn't mean necessarily that you have to stop working altogether even. For those of you who enjoy your jobs, fantastic. What if working was not about required? What if working was about enjoyment? If your goal is to save money so that you can enjoy your retirement by minimizing that housing expense, 
you will save tremendously and have even more cash to be able to go out and do things with in your retirement. It's definitely something worth looking at. Now, reverse mortgage is based on your zip code and the age of the applicant. And even if you are married and your co-applicant or your partner is not of retirement age as of yet, there's still the ability to qualify for a reverse mortgage and have those same benefits apply. You know, reverse mortgage is a mortgage for seniors specifically that affords you no payment for the duration of your occupancy of that home, whether you stay there forever and until you pass away or until it's no longer your primary residence. So please take that into consideration and give me a call. 831-435-0385. We will have Jeff Willing, our senior real estate specialist back here in a couple of weeks to talk about the exploration he's been doing at the retirement communities around the country. We look forward to bringing you these shows and all this information. Thanks once again for joining us. Be well and stay safe, Bay Area. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.